LAS. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hi, old friends. Naomi here. Did you wake up this morning thinking, I need more Naomi ridiculousness in my life? Well, surprise! (laughs) I'm starting a podcast, and it's called The Ruckus with me, Naomi Ruckus Rose. This podcast is for anyone like me who is constantly trying to grow for the betterment of themselves and for the world and for those of us that can be a little blunt in the comment section on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But wait, there's more. This podcast is free to listen to. But if you want to support local creators and get bonus content, subscribe to LAS Plus. For more information on that, go to LASPodcastNetwork.com. So join the ruckus with me, Naomi, every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. I love you all, some more than others. L-A-S. Welcome back to Othered. Othered with your favorite hosts, Sarah Van Cleve. And Caleb Scales. We're here in queer. And we're here to stay. And we're black and gay. Going. Black and gay. There oh, you look go. at you. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> My poetry is getting better and better. I love it. Spitting out those rhymes, Sarah. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you for joining us today. Thank Don't you. Don't forget to go to LAS Plus dot com forward slash plus to subscribe to our show for only ten dollars a month exactly and you, you get a whole bunch of stuff like what like uh exclusive access to um our other episodes yeah um our merchandise march um early access to tickets for um les live events whoa yeah what a good deal oh my god so cheap Go do it. Affordable. And then while you're at it, um, go review and subscribe to our podcast. Please. On Apple. Thank you. Or wherever else. But I like Apple. Right. I'd like to see it all in one place. Right. I know you guys can do it. I see it done for others. Mm-hmm. So go do it for other. <laughs> 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 oh, I see what you did there. I know. <laughs> I've got lots of uh, wordplay today. I love that for you. You're like on it. I am on it. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. <laughs> Sun dizzle. <laughs> Caleb doesn't like my Thank you for that throwback to two episodes ago. I, You know what? I told you I do it for every day. I know, except for Magic Monday. Because that's Magic Monday. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's Not Manic Monday, but Magic Monday. Magic. Right. Sometimes it's Magic and Manic. Sure. But. Well, that's, uh, yeah. I just think of 80s music whenever I hear that. It's just another manic Monday. Oh, oh. I wish it was Sunday. <laughs> I love that song. See, I love that I get to sing with this you. This is why honestly. we're friends. Because <laughs> no. whenever I try and sing this with my black friends, they're like, Sarah, uh. <laughs> what are we listening to? And I'm like, this is why I need Caleb so we can do all the 80s and um, Broadway hits. Yes, absolutely. Together. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So what's what's new? What do you have planned for this week ahead, Caleb? Okay, so you're going to think I'm a total nerd, and I know that I am. Deep down in my soul of souls, I downloaded Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I purchased it like two days ago, and I already have like 10 hours logged, which is a, like, which is a lot for me because I work an absurd amount of hours. But I... Oh! Logan, our producer, has brought his Switch with us, and I love that for him. I love this for you, Logan. Because I can't stop playing it. Oh, my God. It's addicting. It's so good. This is the best Pokemon game to have ever come out, period. And, I mean, I grew up with the games, yes, right? So absolutely. That's why this I remember, is so... like, Game Boy Color playing my um, Pokemon Blue. Yep. And, like... Pokemon Red, but yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so you're canceled. Damn. I know it comes so soon for me. Shit. But so what's so exciting to me too is that like there's 
so as a kid, like I remember like Pokemon Generation One, the original one hundred and fifty, and then Generation Two, and then I like never got to Generation Three, Four, or Five, or like any subsequent ones because I didn't have a DS or a three DS or whatever. I just like st- I kind of stopped playing handheld video games. Oh, because you decided to grow up and become an adult. No, because my parents were poor and they couldn't buy me those things. Oh, okay. And they were like, stop. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So then I like started watching Dragon Ball Z and got nerdy at that about that. Anyway. I'm very excited about playing this game. There's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of freedom. It's like an open world, and I'm just, like, obsessed with it. So that's what my weekend is going to consist of. I'm, like, I've allotted some time for you mm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. But aside from this little situation, I'm going to be playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. Thank you. And you know what? You're welcome. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, you told me. All right. <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, nothing as exciting as your Pokemon situation. <laughs> okay. Right. I am not a gamer. At, I mean, like, at all. Mm. I, I owned I can see that. The Sims. Uh-huh. That was my game of choice. I love The Sims. Yeah, that was it. I didn't video game. I never mm-hmm. had, like, an Xbox or a Nintendo or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. So... This whole situation that you and Logan are having is something I do not understand. Like, this is totally outside of my wheelhouse. Sure. But it's cute to watch you guys. Cute. Cute. Thanks. Very cute. Bless your hearts. (laughs) (laughs) This week, I'll just be working. This weekend. Oh, I went to a um, Bob Marley birthday bash last night. That sounds sounds like a... Bunch of fun. What are my, what are my words? <laughs> what I don't does know. it sound like, Caleb? <laughs> it sounds like so much fun. It was uh, fun. It was at the Olympic Theater. Yeah, it's a great place. It was a great place. And um, who was performing? I don't know the name of the first band. But they all did Bob Marley. They songs. did cover some reggae cover. Uh-huh. And then um, Reggae Rapids, who apparently is popular. Here. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> news to you. News to me. <laughs> Most things are news to me. Well, I guess I should look them up then. You should. Reggae Rapids. Reggae Rapids. It was cute. 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 Yeah. Good time. Had by all. Drank too much. I'm going to have to retire that tequila. I didn't even drink that much. But for some reason, I think ever you. since Sober November, mm. reintroducing hard alcohol into my life is yeah. a no-no. Right. I woke up super hungover. I only mm. had three drinks in like four hours. You didn't do shots. You just had three drinks. No, I had three mixed drinks. Like tequila pineapple. Tequila. <gasps> How'd you know? Because I've gone out with you before. Oh my God. And, and I that's know what all you drink. I drink. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm a pretty easy guess. But yeah, I felt like shit today. Still feel like shit. I'm sorry. Me too. So I won't be doing that again. Well, I support you on your journey. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Well, today... It's a special day. It is a special day. We have a guest. We do? Yeah! <laughs> we do! Is that the other person in our room yeah, with us? Yeah, the other person sitting right here beside I'm us I'm so right excited. Now. Me too. It's been a while since we've had a guest. It has. Mm-hmm. And it's about time to bring some people back in. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Me too. All right. All right. And I'm excited because it's my favorite month of the year, Black yes. History Month. Yep. 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 It is. I'm here for it. February. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so it. we have a black man here. Woo! One of our favorites. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I'm so sorry. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was like a woo. It was like a woo. Well, I don't know. I, I, I Am I red right it. now? I don't know. It's kind of dark in here. I can't tell. <laughs> but we have Maurice Davis here with us today. Maurice Davis. Maurice Davis. I don't. Th- I think it's been a while since I've had somebody sing my name. Yeah, <laughs> well, me, that's what you get when you come on. You're going to serenaded. Serenaded by Sarah. <laughs> Yay. Welcome me to feel our special. show. You are special. You are special. Well, I feel very, very welcomed. Good. Good. Awesome. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, yes, we are. I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Yeah. Yeah. We should get to know you a little bit more, uh, Maurice. What is it that you do? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I'm a marketing professional. Um, and I also run a small business accelerator here in Cedar Rapids. So okay. everything I do really surrounds entrepreneurship, helping minorities kind of come up. Awesome. Move barriers to, to get in the bag, as, as people like to say. Yeah, if okay. you live in Cedar Rapids and you're on social media, um, you've seen Maurice because he is like a serial <laughs> content creator. He floods my Facebook with shit. 
Not like it's shit, Maurice, but I mean, you put a lot of shit out there and it's always there. <laughs> and I'm really grateful for it. But go check it out because he's got content for days and will help you learn about marketing anything you want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Videos, also, posts. Yeah. And I also just learned that you're going to be starting a podcast or you already have a podcast running, but you're going to be joining the LAS family, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Family. Um, yeah. I think we're, we're pretty, pretty, uh, Letting the cat out of the bag, but that's oh, cool. That's I'm cool. Sorry. No, it's, it's no, all good. No, we can talk about that first okay. one for sure. Cool, cool, it. perfect, perfect. Exclusive shit. Yeah. Oh my god, you look heard at it you. first. Yeah, look at you us. guys right are here. you guys are getting the getting the getting the exclusive right here. Yes. Ooh. So uh, about a, about a year and some change ago, mm-hmm. I started a live show that was called What's Marketing. So mm-hmm. I would jump on and I would just talk about something, um, and it transformed from a video live into a podcast that I was self-producing, kind of like a in-the-car you know, sure. conversation. If you were sitting next to your friend, you asked them a question about marketing, and they kind of just went off on a tangent, right? Mm-hmm. And then now we're moving that over to the LAS Podcast Network, so I have a little bit more of a polished feel, but still that same, like, you ask me a question about marketing, I'm going to give you mm-hmm. the real stuff, right? None of the fluff, something sure. that you can go do. That's the objective, so. I love that. Yeah. And that could be helpful for so many different people. I hope so. I mean, I, I feel so. like even as a person who like I'm trying to run like the social media for a restaurant right now too, and it's yeah. just been very difficult to like figure out how to do that in the best mm-hmm. way. So I mm. think that'd be helpful to listen to for yeah, sure. Absolutely, I'll do I'll do a special episode for you around running social media for Ooh. a restaurant. I would love that. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, wow. yeah. I need that. I too, need that too, too easy. It's fun stuff. Yeah, lots of lots of fun. Um, like I said, trying to keep it real simple, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that we don't get too too deep in the weeds on terminology. Like I really don't. Like as a as a person, you really don't give a crap if you know it's really like, oh, what was your return on investment versus did you make any money? Right, mm-hmm. right, and it's it's stuff like that. That's just that simple. Making it accessible. Yeah, yeah, like for sure. Take away all the crap and just mm-hmm. give you the stuff that you need. You might right. not know what things are called, but you can get it done. So sure. that's the goal here. Nice. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Can't wait for that. Really quick, if I can jump in, just one last thing on what's marketing because this is a really exciting project for the LAS Network. Really excited to have Maurice involved. Um, Maurice, I've known you for a little while now, and. I was a fan of your What's Marketing podcast before we launched our podcast network. And I tried really hard to get What's Marketing on the network when we first launched. You did. And I did not succeed. Yeah. Um, I really felt like I had to prove like that I was worthy <laughs> of What's Marketing. <laughs> so here's, so, so here's, this, is, this is a big deal for me to get Maurice on the network. Okay. Yes. So, so here's the thing. Like... And, and everybody understand understand kind of where I'm coming from as a marketer, as a creator. Like, when you create something, it's really hard to give it to someone else. You have to be and, protective of your yes, brand. It yeah. Is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and say, like, you know, um, you essentially can own my voice while it's sure. on your thing. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, that was, like, a big hesitation of mine. Like, sure. yeah. you know, in full transparency. So anytime I'm working with an organization, I usually, even the stuff that I do, so if you're looking at, like, my entrepreneur accelerator, mm-hmm. any of the stuff that I do there, they don't really own it, mm-hmm. right? It's like I put up a live, but most of the content that I share is actually like I have these random certifications and we won't even go there. But like there's one in particular that's like it's um digital marketer is one of the largest trainers of digital marketing professionals in the in the United States. And so some of the frameworks that I teach are from that. Mm-hmm. So I know they can't own it because digital marketer owns it. Sure. And so if I ever wanted to take it down, I could leverage digital marketer to take that content down. Sure. And so that's like how I've always, that's how I protect myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, when Logan and I first started talking about it, it was like, ah, e- let's come back to it another day. Sure. And then, and, and so one of the things that have really pushed me to decide to come to the LAS family is like, you guys talked about, I put up a lot of content. Sure. And so it's like, all right, I need to 2X my content production in, in 2022. Mm-hmm. And so how can I simplify that? Well, one one thing is focusing on my pillar pieces, which are my YouTube channel, which I've slowly started doing more with, mm-hmm. and then my podcast, which did okay my first year. But had I done had I met my goals, it would have done so much better. So sure. That's that's what that's what's going on. So yes, a little bit. Like it was some like mm, I, don't I, know. I feel that. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I feel that. I'm, I'm slow to trust, but when I do, like I'll ride with you. Sure. 
No, I, I love it. It's all good things. So, yeah, yeah uh, I'm so excited to be working with you, Maurice. It's going to be good stuff. He didn't have to put me on blast like that. I was just going to just gonna let it ride. No. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel bad about letting the cat out of the bag, but here we are, and I no, love no, I'm I think it's, about it. I think it's great. I haven't said anything because we're, we wanted to make sure it was the right time sure. and, and getting everything going, but... If producer man back there is good with it, then I'll share. Uh, so good, so good, and yeah, nobody's on blast. It was, it was all like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is, uh, you know, like you said, you're a transparent guy. This is all about building collaborative stuff together and, yeah. and making everything grow uh, in the best ways possible. So yeah, I'm so excited we're working <laughs> together. It's gonna be great stuff. Good, and we're excited to have you here on our podcast today. Yes, me. Yeah, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I asked Maurice to be here, because. We all see Maurice every day. I feel like you live in my house with my family. (laughs) I really wanted to have you on here and talk about something not marketing. Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. (laughs) And I was specific about that, too. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like as I venture further into my journey with vulnerability, I want other people to be vulnerable, too. Mm -hmm. And we know so much of you or also so little because of what you share. Yeah. And I was like, we want to know more. Who's beneath the marketing facade? There's not much there outside of marketing. But <laughs> oh, we can, we can get into what I got. <laughs> like, it, it's funny, but when I say, like, marketing is a lot of my life, you know, I wake up and I do some sort of training about marketing and then I do my marketing production work, whether it be for my clients or um, myself. And then when I go to bed, I get on to do another training on marketing and then I read a book and I'm going to sleep with marketing. So it's like, you've like thrown yourself fully into it. Yeah. It's my, it's my thing. Yeah. Right. Hardcore. Absolutely. For um, sure. Even kind of the stuff that's tangential to it. So I started learning about writing screenplays. Oh, cool. But it's so that I can be a better storyteller so that I can be a better marketer. Makes sense. So it's like when I tell people like marketing is my life, like they don't get it. And then right. when I'm like, no, seriously, like it is. Mm. But yes, Sarah, I do have some things that, <laughs> that were precursor to marketing and some things that are happening in my life that are not marketing related that I'm happy to talk about today. Yeah, that's what we want to know. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do get it. Into let's it. do it. Let's, let's do, it. do it. Yes. Yes. So what I specifically wanted Maurice to talk about, which this is I really appreciate you for being here and talking about this with us is your experience with domestic abuse or Mm -hmm. just um like what is the word i'm looking for intimate relationship yeah abuse Mm -hmm. so give us a little background yeah because i don't know much myself that's it's it's like where do you start yeah where do you start um i i guess we can we can start like back in middle school Right. Because mm-hmm. there's stuff before that, you know, and, and it's sad to say when we start talking about statistics wise, like my dad was never around. So I'm, I am one of those young black men that really wasn't raised with a father. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had there was a there was a gentleman that did his best to help raise me. But he <laughs> I love him to death even to this day. But he had his own he had his own issues. Right. He was wrapped up in. Um, gangs and stuff like that. So it was like he wasn't really around, mm-hmm. right? But he did what he could, was better than most. Uh, so we could go back that far, but like, man, that's, that's, we don't have enough time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in middle school, it's probably when I, when I had my first like in your face experience with like domestic abuse. Um, uh, my mother married a guy. Um, we moved from, the Chicagoland area out to the suburb of Chicago out in Plainfield. And my stepfather uh, was an alcoholic, like really bad. Uh, and he had like chemical imbalance. So it was like, it didn't take a lot to send mm-hmm. him down the deep end. And so uh, when we moved out that way, I remember the very first time of him getting drunk and like never before experiencing this fear and uncertainty of what a person is about to do. And so um, it was like that first week of moving into our new house and, and being really excited about moving from the South side of Chicago to this really beautiful home. Um, but then also experiencing this fear of like this person that you think is about to hit you, but you're not really sure. And so you don't really know what to do. Um, I would say, fortunately, my mom is a, is a amazingly strong woman. And so she always intervened before anything ever happened to me. So I was never physically abused. But you saw it. But I watched it. 
Mm. Right. You know, I watched her be abused. I, there was a, there was one time where like my stepdad cut up all her clothes, mm. um, took a, took a box cutter to him and cut up everything that she owned, like clothing wise, because she wouldn't, she didn't go to dinner with him. And it was just like something that small where somebody would go that far and having my mom like see her be torn down uh, because, you know, something like your clothing, like you don't think about it, but like a lot of times you buy clothes because it represents who you are. It reflects mm-hmm. you, absolutely. Right, so like yeah. having somebody destroy that is destroying a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to lose something like that and then to know like that person's not going to replace it. And so now you have to replace pieces of yourself. And sometimes, like my, my mom has a very... Uh, if she's listening to this, yeah, mom, this is you. Uh, a very weird sense of style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very unique to her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She The stuff that she likes, like, oftentimes you can't find again. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be because she's huge into the, like, clearance shopping. So it's mm-hmm. like this stuff is, like, by the time she gets it, it's three years old. So mm-hmm. this is like, this is it. This is last chance shopping. Or, you know, she'll find something and tweak it a little bit to what she likes to see. And, and so it is, it's unique to her. So mm-hmm. making it again can be a challenge. Right. Um, so watching her go through that process was really hard for me. And so after experiencing this over and over again and, you know, cops being called to the house and all this stuff, you know, by the time uh, I was in uh, school, by the time school started, I figured out that I needed to be in after school activities. Like that was the best way. Right. That, that was the best way to ensure that nothing would happen. So I joined choir. Um, I was in every choir that you could be in because that meant I left early for school and then I come home late and my mom was going to be home. Like if you get home at seven o'clock, mom's home. Right. Um, and then I joined sports teams at that time. I like I hated sports. I didn't want to be in sports. I just wanted to hang out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I joined wrestling. I joined track and field. Um, any activity that I could get into. And so was this to like just stay away from being at home. Yeah. 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 So we were kind of talking about this a little bit off show, but it was like, I learned how to be busy to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I developed even this really bad habit now as an adult, like when I'm hurting or when I'm stressed out, something that's happened in my personal life, I find things professionally get really busy to, mm-hmm. to stay away from it mm-hmm. long enough for that thing to kind of dissipate. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and as you, as we all know, I think as an adult, like it doesn't really go away. No, it's, it's just, still there. No, nope, it's still there. <laughs> it's just sitting there. Um, and in my personal relationships, it has a really negative impact. So what happens a lot of times is like when somebody's hurting me, mm-hmm. I stay away long enough until they leave. Yeah. Right. So sure. that's a, that's a little, that's a little bit of the background. Right. Mm. Um, do you, what else, do we, how, how else do we want to proceed? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be the one talking these. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, that was a lot, that was a lot to share and thank you for that. Yeah. There's, there's more. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Like these things are never that simple, you know, or like isolated. Yeah. And I think, you know, what happens too is that creates so many patterns for us in our lives. And like Sarah and I have talked about our own trauma and the way that we experience pain and the things that we use to cope Mm-hmm. through you know these pains that crop up every once in a while you know like yeah. and it can be it can be like working hard you know throwing yourself into busyness to avoid pain yeah um and to keep yourself safe right because that's where a lot of trauma comes from it's like just trying to survive trying to keep yourself safe mm-hmm. and then sometimes it turns into like alcoholism or like you know drug usage whatever like these are ways that we try to cope with trauma yeah or with experiences that we've had mm-hmm. that are unsafe and not good for us you know, and the sad the sad part about it is, and and unfortunately, my form of coping mm-hmm. is often praised. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I get this like double reinforcement, right? Sure. I get a chance to ignore the problem, and it no longer exists in my world, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I get uh, constant praise about how how good busy you're doing. I am, yeah. or like how productive I appear to be, mm-hmm. right? So then there's this piece that. Um, now you want to keep being busy because you're getting that affirmation. Tells, yeah. The world tells yeah. you you're doing good. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, I, I get a chance to go into high schools now and, and that's one of the things I enjoy to do is go talk to high school kids, um, and talk about like, you know, being busy is not always good. You know, some, some of the kids would ask me like, how do, how do they, how do, how do I manage? Um, how did I manage as a kid when things didn't go well? 
Mm-hmm. And having this conversation that we're having is like, well, you know, I joined a lot of sports. I got really busy. I did these things and I just made it through by staying away. Mm-hmm. And then needing to sit there and have a conversation with them is like, but that's not, it's not necessarily the best way to handle it right. either. Like, I don't, I don't really have an answer for you. Right. right. Like I'm 30 years old and I'm still dealing with these traumas and dealing with how to work through them and, and, and learning that, you know, I have to look at my schedule to determine how stressed out I am mm-hmm. because I won't admit to myself that I'm, that I'm not okay. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's a lot of like negative interaction that's going on in the world. And like, the, the sad truth about it is, as, as men, typically, you're not allowed to share the fact that you're not okay. Yeah. Right? Um, I remember touching on this in our mental health episode. That yeah. Like, for men, it's a lot harder to admit that things aren't okay. Yeah. yeah. That it's some kind of weakness or, like, mm-hmm. source of shame or something. You know, that, like, Absolutely. the vulnerability is a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not being okay is weakness. Yes. And that you're supposed to be okay all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, let alone, like, being the victim of some assault or um, abuse or anything, or even, like, secondhand trauma, you know, from watching your mom. Like, that's just as traumatic, you know? Yes. And that's that's so hard to deal with. And being able to talk about it is so important. Like, destigmatizing mental health in men. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and to kind of take it another level, like this is what I'm about to say is not to downplay anybody's situation, but like being a black man and dealing with it. Right. That's a totally different experience. Totally different. You know, um, growing up. So I was telling, I was saying that I had a guy that helped raise me and and did the best that he could. And this was not your stepdad. No. Okay. Mm -mm. I remember one time, not one time, honestly, the thing that I, the thing that I remember the most like him, there are two things that I remember him telling me. Number one was that your word is your bond. So if you say you're going to do something, just do it, right? That's a positive. Um, but the second one was never let anybody see you cry. Mm. Never. Like, it's not okay. And so, like, as an adult now, a lot of my pain and frustration manifests as anger. Mm-hmm. And while I have a high threshold for like what really gets to me, mm-hmm. um, it's not like it's not okay, right? And so when I enter into relationships and and when I'm working with people on a personal side, like talking to them about these, it's like you know if I'm not communicating with you, it probably means I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I get frustrated and you see this like flash of anger, I po- I'm pre-apologizing for something because I still have yet to figure out the best way to handle it. And the, the better I get with this having a conversation, sometimes it's challenging because, um, my ladies, I love you, but I've had, I've had young women tell me like, you know, you, you sound like a B word because you want to tell me that like, I'm not okay today. And I just need you to understand that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about my feelings or I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And it almost becomes this, this place where, you know, again, you're not allowed to be vulnerable with the person that you sure. think that like you're you being be like a bitch to. or a pussy yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, these, like demeaning things, like emasculating shit. Yeah, that's and that's that's one thing I won't do, right? Like, sure, I will. I'll deal with a lot, but the moment a woman calls me a bitch, I'm out. Right. Like, I'm out. There's no me too, Maurice. When yeah. a man calls me a bitch, I'm out. Yeah, right. There's there's no there's no coming back from that. And I have young ladies in my life now that we're cool. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we can still have a conversation. I get it. You know, you're dealing with your own traumas mm-hmm. and your traumas created this environment where you believe it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that doesn't make you a bad person, but it just means that you don't value me enough to not cross my boundaries. Right. And I lay those boundaries out very clearly. Like I'm not okay with this. Mm-hmm. We won't do this. Right. So I have a couple of young ladies in my life that were cool. We dated mm-hmm. and they called me a bitch and I was out. And we've had situations where like, I want to try again. I'm like, hell no. Hell no. Sorry, like, no. This, this is a half a decade later. No. <laughs> is that like no. a trauma thing maybe? A little what? bit? That you're unwilling to, and not saying that your boundaries aren't yeah. fair, but like, is the word bitch? Yes. It is Is a that trauma traumatizing? Yeah, like, it triggering? is. It is. So um, I was married at the age of 19. That's a good segue. Oh my God. So young. Yeah. So young. Yes. You know what? Um, my ex-wife was my best friend in high school. Okay. Um, we we dated like freshman sophomore year, um, 
still love her to this day. Mm -hmm. She's great. She's a great person. Um, she's not my person, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't her person, but one of the things like she did a number on me reinforcing this idea of being a hard worker. Um, and I actually remember, um, we were, it was right after we got engaged. My intent was to propose to her at around the age of 20 for us to have a longer engagement, about 22, and then get married. That was my intent. Um, and we got engaged, and she was like, I don't want to wait. And, like, this is where I get to, like, I am completely standoffish to folks that, like, have manipulative tendencies because I remember this. I, rem I remember us having this conversation. She was like, if you really love me as much as you say you Ooh. do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you really love me as much as you say you do. Caleb's heard that before. Then yep. why, why wait? Right. Of course I love you. Like, no question in my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, n not even a second thought. Again, I'm sitting here right now still dealing with traumas, and I will tell anybody, like, I love her to death. Sure. Uh, so we ended up getting married, like, six months after I, uh, I asked her, I proposed. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I was, at the time, we were staying with her mother until we got our place. Um, and I remember walking up the steps and, and walking to her room and she was like doing something. She was packing something doing, I don't know. And she looked at me and she was like, this is not what I, this is not what I fucking signed up for. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I was working at PetSmart. Um, and I had gotten a job there part-time as like a early morning stalker. And then also as a pet care associate. Great, great place to work. That's cute. I Lots can of... see you at <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> that is adorable. Yeah, I worked there for like four years. Um, it's really where I got my start in marketing, interestingly okay. enough. Interesting. Um, and uh, so I remember I like, so I would work from 2 a.m. to like 1 p.m. Um, and I got off work. third shift? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I got off work and came in and was like, all right, I'm going to take a shower or whatever. And she said, isn't that what I fucking signed up for? Like, we were supposed to have an apartment by now and da 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 Well, I was still part-time. You know, you work whenever they tell you to work type of deal. Mm -hmm. I hadn't I hadn't gotten a full-time position at that time yet. And uh, she was like, if I'm going to do this by myself, I might as well be by myself. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Did yeah. she have a job? I don't remember at that time. To be honest... Um, I think so. I think so. Um, but you know, now looking back on it, nothing more, you know, substantial than what, than what I had. Right. Um, and so she was like, uh, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. I, um, you know, I'm cut checks when I can, but you know, I had a car note and insurance and stuff like that. It's like, you got to pay for this cause you still got to get to work type right. of situation. And um, she was like, um, it's not good enough. And at that time, it was, she was like, if I really wanted to marry a bitch, I would have. Ooh. Right. So, like, that was not That's the first time. That was, that was not the last time that she called me a bitch. And so, like, when, when you ask me, is this a trauma thing? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, and it's it just ends up being a reminder for me. It's like, if a person is willing to violate you to this degree, mm -hmm. is that a person that I really want to be with for an extended period of time? Right. And so I've just decided a long time ago that it's not. And so I've learned repeatedly over and over again to stick with your instincts. Mm -hmm. and, and your instincts are usually right. Um, you know, it's just, every and every time I don't, Mm -hmm. Damn it! It's like, why didn't yeah. I trust that gut feeling? Yeah, right. It's like, I knew it. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost like it, it's hurtful when I don't trust myself. Sure. Because then I'm kicking myself even more than if mm -hmm. I had trust myself and been wrong. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. So it's like now it's become this thing of like almost this pigheadedness to say no, mm -hmm. you you violated this thing, and until that's no longer a boundary, and I can understand or 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 maybe adjust that boundary, then I have to stick with it. Mm -hmm. uh, because these are the rules that I've created to protect myself and my sanity sure. uh, throughout life. 
I love that we're talking about boundaries because that's so important. I think especially like being an adult, having dealt with shit, especially trauma, abuse, whatever, like setting those boundaries and sticking by them, saying no is so liberating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in so many ways. And like people, it's interesting to note too, like how many people feel entitled to your space, yeah. to your time, to your presence. Like, And when you say, no, I have this boundary, people get really big feelings. Yeah, they do. And it's interesting to watch when that happens and to know like that their response when you're saying like, no, I have this boundary yeah, and this is why, you know, you don't even have to tell them why. Right. But for them to get all upset about it is like very interesting to know, like when you're having those kinds of relationships and those boundaries come into question. Correct. I, I think the other side of that too is like, um, when I tell you no, mm-hmm. um, watching your response will often reinforce whether I should right. adjust that boundary for you. Yeah. Um, in particular, uh, because I won't, I won't sit here and pretend like I'm perfect and that I, that I stick with my boundaries. I don't. Right. Um, but what I, what I see is that, you know, if I'm like, no, this is a boundary for me, the people that are oftentimes worth being vulnerable enough to step outside it, they won't ask you to. Mm-hmm. Right. They'll be like, I get that. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Um, and they'll kind of carry on. So the ones that get like unreasonably angry. Yeah. That's like, <sighs> yeah, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for confirming that. For Thank me. you. You, yeah. you have added to the confirmation that this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us more about your marriage. How long were you married? Yeah. Um, about about three years. We got married in 20, not 2009. Um, got divorced in 2012. Um, yeah. So you did get you did get married after that six months after like yes, being engaged. Yes, I did. All that it, stuff. it was one of those times when I was young, dumb, and full of cum. Oh, <laughs> oh Marie! Oh, yeah. Okay, Marie. I get it. Ha ha. <laughs> I, so <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> he just affirmed Kayla. I, I love that. He he that. So affirmed. Yeah. Were you living in <laughs> Iowa at the time, or how did you get here? Yeah. No, I wasn't living in Iowa. Okay. I was. Um, um, I was living in Plainfield, Illinois, and if okay. you're familiar with the Illinois area, that's like near Naperville, yeah. uh, Aurora. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, so I graduated from Plainfield South High School. Right. Um, and so we got married, and you know, I went off to the army. So I was in the military for about a year, and then I got a medical discharge. Um, and we got divorced after I came back. So uh, you were like deployed. Or yeah. Like basic training. Yeah, I went to. So that's that's another interesting like story so i went off to basic um i was part way through basic and then i went like blind in my left eye yeah wow it's really really one of those like make you see make you see jesus type of things sure. right mm. so woke up one day couldn't see out of my left eye went down to went down to the to the hospital and um they were like yeah you have a mass like in your jaw that's pressing on the nerve endings the that's fuck? causing you to go you know that's impairing your vision. So, like, I went through, like, this, like, three or four months thinking that I might have cancer. Yeah. And that just, like, messes you up. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it messes you up. <clears throat> um, and, like, the Army has a very real, like, a very strict policy that, like, if you don't get to a certain point in your basic training, they won't touch you with, like, a 10-foot pole. Like, they're mm. done. They're like, yo, you're broken. So, mm. you just have to wait. Um, and so, that was another period in my life where you're, like dealing with all this stuff like you wondering had a if lot you're gonna, of shit going on at yeah, one time yeah i wonder if you're gonna die and mm-hmm. live and like all that like struggling Big with shit. life yeah yeah but it was you know what's probably one of the best experiences that ever happened to me um going through that period it's actually um during that time i'm not i don't i don't love to read for the sake of reading i read for the knowledge mm-hmm. piece uh but prior to that like i would not have called myself a reader <laughs> um but when you're in a situation where you're like struggling with your own thoughts, mm-hmm. you have to do something to distract yourself. And so I started reading whatever was on base. Um, sure. And where I was at, like, there's uh, retention holding units for people that are being cycled out. So you don't have a lot. You don't, they don't give you access to a lot because they're really trying to, they restrict what you can eat, they restrict what you can do because they're trying to keep you from getting hurt and they're trying mm-hmm. to keep anything happening to you to extend your stay longer. Um, so you got like 12 books, 
<laughs> whatever people came with and left, mm -hmm. that's all that's there. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like 12 books, and one of the books was called The Four Agreements. Yes. I've heard yeah. of this That's my shit. Yeah. Yep. So I got a chance to read that a couple times. Um, that changed some the way I felt and, 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 and thought about some things. Mm -hmm. And then they got some small Bibles, so I read Psalms a lot. Mm-hmm changed the way I thought and felt about things mm -hmm. and so by the time I was done um, I was a different person emotionally than I was when I came in mm. um, and I don't think that would have happened had I not had this sure. experience of like oh I might be dying so I need to kind of figure some stuff out mm -hmm. um, and kind of get myself together so that mm -hmm. I can be the best person that I can be until the possible end emerges uh, mm -hmm. yeah so that's, wow, a, that's, that's a powerful experience yeah, it, is. It, it is it is um it's made me the person that I am today for sure. for the for the good and for the worse. Yeah. So that all happened, and then you went home to wifey. I d yeah. Um. We weren't we weren't living we weren't living together at that point when I when I came back. Uh, we had actually separated at that point. Um, prior to that, you know, we talked about this idea of me being busy in order to deal with stuff that's going on. I found out that she was cheating on me with a with a young lady. Right. With the young, so she got with the bitch. Yeah, in she the did. end, she did. Damn. Um, <laughs> she was cheating on me with a young lady. Wow. Um, and that was another like really like hard thing because I had like seen this. She had brought the young lady to our house a few times. They were friends. They were more friends. than yeah. They were they were friends, right? They were friends. Um, and so. Um, I had gotten addicted to going to the gym. This is one of those times where I wish we were like a YouTube so you could pop up a picture of me. I was stacked, like jacked. It was dumb. Like I miss those days. Sure. Uh, but I was at the gym like all day, every day because that was my, like, I need busy to get away. New ways of being busy. Get, I need to get away. Sure. Right. Um, and so, uh, actually one night I was headed to the gym. It was probably like 10 o'clock. I was headed to the gym. I downed some pre-workout, um, and she wanted to stop me from going to the gym. And so uh, I was like, no, I'm going. This is this is for me. This is not about you. I just need this time for me. Uh, and she started going off, and she was like, you know, pack your shit. You know, that was her thing. Anytime she got mad at me, it was like, get out. Mm. You know, go somewhere else. I don't want you here type thing. I can do this on my own. Kind of that recycling that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I'm not going to leave. Like, you're my wife. We're, we're going to work this out. I was like, no, this is, you're, you're angry because I'm not doing what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that we're, we're married. And um, she got in my face. She was, uh, um, she's kind of pushing me. And, like, at one point I remember, like, putting my hands out to push her back. And I was like, hey, you're, you're doing a little, you're doing a little much. Um. And she was like, oh, you know, you put your hands on me. I'm calling the cops. And, like, being a black man, that's a big deal, right? right. You know, like, you're calling the cops. Like, Jesus, I, I don't fuck up your whole I don't have a, I don't have a right. record. You know, I had, at this point, I had enlisted in the Army. What I was waiting for was my actual, like, date to leave for basic training. Mm. So one of the things that, like, happens in that period is, like, if you get in trouble, you not only can get in trouble as a civilian, you can get in trouble as a military personnel, too. Mm. So, like, you're in this weird space where mm. you're, like, I don't get a ton of the benefits, but I can also get some of the punishment. Sure. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, this is this is not OK. This, this could be a big deal. And the military puts you under not only legal scrutiny, but also moral scrutiny. Sure. So it's like you can <laughs> so many things you can mess up mm -hmm. that wouldn't get you in trouble over here, but could get you in trouble over here. Sure. So um, at that point, I was like, all right, you know, I'm sorry. She kept getting really aggressive, and then she pushed me into, you know those sliding uh, uh, closet doors that were all made out of glass? Yes. She pushed me into one of those, shatters over my back. Oh. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. You wanted me to leave, I'll leave. I gathered all my stuff. I packed probably about 70% of my stuff in my little Pontiac Bonneville. <laughs> and was like, I'm going to my grandmother's house. Yeah. Pulled to my grandmother's house. I was like, I need somewhere to stay. And that was the last time that we lived together. Mm -hmm. It was like, I will never live with someone that goes that far. Was that right. the first time she'd been, like, physical with you? The first time that I can really remember. You know, honestly, I think there are some more instances where, I wouldn't even say I think, I know there were some more instances where she had 
done things that weren't okay. You know, like people, when I say snubbing, does everybody know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I'm going to take a couple of fingers and just like pokes your forehead, mm-hmm. makes your head. She did that a lot. And like, it was one of those things where like, like, hey, I don't like that. Don't do that. And it's like, oh, you stop being a bitch. Right? I just want to smack this woman. I don't like her. So, I know you say you like her, but she's the a di- She's a different person today. The right? behavior. She's a different person today than she was then. Right? Um, still, again, still not. She's she's getting remarried. They're happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but these are the things that were happening then. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so that was one of those things where it's like you accept that behavior because. it's not huge. It's not big, mm-hmm. and complaining about it makes you less masculine. Right. And so you just kind of accept it. So there was a lot of that, smacking me upside the head type stuff. Mm-hmm. All of it, like, precursors to that night and, and, like, the fact that she has, she was an angry person, mm-hmm. angry young lady. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't go back and rehash a lot of it to you because it was just, like, this is life. You know, it'd be also, like, you know, what did you eat mm-hmm. on the third Wednesday in 2010? I sure. don't know. Right, so it's it kind of like the, the same things thing. Were. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it like that, like in your friendship? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a that's a really good question. Possibly, possibly. But like you know, the the sad truth is when we think about like how we teach kids, if someone likes you, we excuse some of that violent behavior. Like, oh, that just means she likes you. Yeah, mm-hmm. if someone picks on you or pushes yeah. you or makes fun, it's because yep. they like you. Yeah, so I would even say the same thing. It's like, you know, she definitely did some things that were on the more aggressive side, but I don't remember to say, like, there was something that I should be worried about, but, like, did I have on these Google Gaga glasses and I just missed it or it just didn't happen? I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to say. I wouldn't be able to say. Um, but that is, a, that is a great question. It would be nice to be able to go back. Oh, and sure. look through the looking mm-hmm. glass and be like, oh, 20, yeah, yeah oh, there it is. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. how many instances of that happened? But um, when when we had that instance at the house, that was that was the last time that I was like, no, sure. I won't, I won't do this with you. Um, I packed myself, drove to my grandma's house, and and that was kind of that was kind of it. I would say that was the that was kind of the thing that was like this this marriage is is pretty much over, sure, um, unless something drastic happens. Yeah. I was just talking to a friend last night and we were talking about trauma and she had asked like if I had experienced any trauma and I told her, yeah, I was adopted and some other things happened. And I was like, but nothing major. And then I thought about it and I was like, I feel like we're always trying to downplay our own trauma. And like sometimes something as small as like being slapped upside the head or on the knee or something, you know, we interpret that as, oh, well, they're just playing around or that wasn't that dramatic but like trauma is trauma Mm -hmm. and when we continue to downplay I think especially physical and emotional um, abuse that's how people are become unable to recognize these signs like if if your homie is always putting you down then that's not a good friend and right, that's right. trauma. They're traumatizing you. There's so many levels of abuse. Yes. Like physical, emotional, mm-hmm. verbal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, makes me sad that, I mean, we do raise kids to believe that, yeah, when you're being picked on, they like you. Mm-hmm. You know, if your parent whoops your ass, for some families, that's normal. Right. It's not normal for me. So, right. like, we don't do that. But then children begin to interpret that as love. And it produces... Adults who are just fucked up. effed up, yeah, and they don't know. And I think a lot of I think it's important to realize that we're all fucked up in certain ways. Like yes. nobody ever had like a perfect childhood, right? Like the, everybody's got shit to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think on that note, I think we should take a break. Yeah, and we can come back and talk more about mental health and the ways that we can be better adults. I think. All right, let's do it. All right, cool. Oh my god, Sarah. What's up, Caleb? What do ACDC, Stone Temple Pilots, Genesis, and Maroon 5 have in common? Hmm, they're all men with beards. <laughs> Close. <laughs> the Pork Tornadoes. 
Iowa's number one party band is playing at the Paramount Saturday, February 26th at 8. Ooh. It, you know what? I did hear about that. We'll be celebrating the 15th anniversary of the band, featuring both old throwback tunes for longtime fans and current band favorite hits. I heard the tickets were only $20. <gasps> That's true. And for the VIP experience, it's only $50. You get access to the private pre-show event, exclusive merch, premium seating, and more. Oh my God. So are we getting tickets? We have to. Sarah, I cannot wait to sing Phil Collins with you. Caleb, me too! I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Hold on. Woo! Yeah. We might have to practice a bit. Let's practice. (laughs) We'll be ready. We'll be ready by the 26th. See you then. Hello, guys. My name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative, a podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years, and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at innovativecreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to, but if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. For more information on that, head on over to LASpodcastnetwork.com. L-A-S. We're back. We're back with Maurice Davis. Hey, Maurice. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before our break, we were hearing about um, Maurice's experience with his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Talking about mental health, trauma. Boundaries. Boundaries, our favorite topics. Yeah, we love it. Love it. Love it. And now we're back. So, Maurice, we wanted to ask you, at what point did you decide in this relationship with your ex, with your wife that things had gotten to a level where they were unacceptable and you needed to get out as soon as possible? Well, and what, when did it turn from, like, this is just normal shitty behavior to, like, okay, this is domestic abuse? Yeah, I... <sighs> To be honest, I think it was both happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> it's funny because I'm thinking about uh, Drake's song "Headlines." So I would tell a buddy of mine, we're kind of talking about. It, he's like, "Dude, it's not okay. Like, like y'all dealing with some stuff that's just not cool." And there was one night that she had done something. And I think it was with the night that I found out she was. Uh, cheating on me with a young lady and this song came on while we were talking so that's kind of that's kind of our jam but i think that was the moment where i started being more open to the idea mm-hmm. that this is a more than what it should be um but as far as when i realized that it was like okay this is not okay was the night she pushed me into the mirror mm-hmm. i was like okay this is this is not okay mm-hmm. um this is beyond what is you know it kind of reminded me we were talking a little about being a kid kind of put me back into that space when she was kind of in my face and mm-hmm. having that feeling of like i'm not really sure what this person's going to do sure. next mm-hmm. the uncertainty that kind of fear yeah and yeah. i'm and i'm fearful of what they're going to do because that puts me in a position that i have to respond right and like again being a black man mm-hmm. and like my ex-wife she, was, she wasn't short but she wasn't that big either mm-hmm. you know i'm at the time, I was squatting like 500 pounds, benching 350. I'm a big dude, right? right. If I hit her because she hit me, that makes me the bad guy. Right. It doesn't matter how this goes down and in, in, in what other way I'm the bad guy. Um, and so that was the moment. I was like, if she's going to hit me and take it to a level, she, she was not the type of person that would hit you once. Right? This was going to be like, she was going to hit Beat me. Beat your and, ass. And continue to hit me until she felt 
justified in her actions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a situation where it goes real bad real fast. Yeah. Um, and so at that moment, that's why, like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Um, grabbed as much as I could and then left. And like I said, never really was alone with her again for it's a long time, actually. Like, I don't even think we've ever been alone since then. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. yeah. Um, and not because, not because I'm fearful of her, but like, just, I went so long with like, I won't be alone with you to, it just became a thing of like, there's no need for us to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, I haven't seen her in, since I moved to Iowa, um, in 2013. So, you know, this, like, I wish there was like, I wish there was a better answer of like. I knew that this happened and then I did these things, but it took, it took this extreme situation for me to go, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And the dynamic of if it goes bad, this could be the end of everything for me Mm -hmm. to, to make me realize that I had to make some changes. Sure. And I think talking about domestic abuse against men, I think is something that doesn't, that conversation doesn't almost ever happen. Right. No, that I'm aware of. I don't think it's really a part of like the social conscience that like that happens or that like, you know, there is this idea that men are supposed to be the stronger ones. And so like, so being hit by a woman is like no big deal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or that it's not traumatic or it's not as traumatic as a man beating a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that there's like these, these role reversals, but relationally that is so false. Like, and it ha- happens, I think a lot more than we know. Because, A, I don't think men want to talk about it mm-hmm. because it makes them seem weak. It makes them seem, them seem like they're the bitch or whatever. And, like, that's not okay that we have this kind of idea of this, those roles or, like, masculinity needs to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it creates, like, the shame and the stigma. And I think it's unfortunate that men feel trapped sometimes, too, in the situation where, like, if they try to defend themselves in any way, they're, like, they're automatically going to be the bad person. Yep. And especially f- for you, like, a black man, like, that's that's tough. Like, things could go from bad to worse very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's important, I think. And thank you for sharing your story because that takes mm-hmm. a lot of bravery for sure. Thank you, so for, I appreciate thank you for asking. It. Yeah. How can we encourage more black people, especially black men, to share their experiences of maybe intimate partner violence or domestic violence and encourage other men to share. Like your friend clearly created a safe space for you in which he was able to tell you that what you were dealing with was not normal or right. So how can we support our brothers? out here? So, <laughs> mm. so the first thing I'd say is my friend, as much as he meant well, uh, he didn't create a safe space. Oh. Um, he didn't like her from the from the get. So that's a that's one of those things where like I think some of that has to be filtered through mm-hmm. framing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if he had been somebody that was like, you know what, I respect your choice. I may not love her, but I love you, right? So I think that's that's the first step. It's like you can't be the person that provides me a, like a safe space with my relationship abuse if you are always constantly putting my partner down. Mm. So now I, I can't I can't hear what you're saying because I know that it comes from a negative place. Mm. You may be right, but you've never liked them. So no matter what they do, it's not good enough. So right. this is the is it this bad or is it that you think they're bad, mm-hmm. right? So the one piece I would say is anybody that's that has somebody that's dealing with a person that you may not like, I think it's it's fair to express that I don't care for this person. But if you love them, I will continue to love and respect them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is the foundation for creating a safe space of transparency to be able to say, hey, what you're dealing with is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece is like understanding that you can't make your friend feel dumb for being in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing that like looking back on it that had he done that probably would have been more impactful. Um, but there were a lot of times where it was like, I almost felt silly mm-hmm. for being in the situations that I'm in. That's important to remember because I think for a lot of us when even for, and not that we're like this all the time, but we hear about someone being in a situation where they're mistreated and we're like, okay, leave. 
Right. Like it's not that right. hard or that's, tell them to stop. It's not that And it's easy. like, no, boo, that's no. not the way it goes. But yeah, yeah. just right. remembering to be compassionate. And then as far as like, how do we get more black men to do it? Um, I think having more conversations is important, but I also like, it's so important that we stop We stop the like positioning of gender and power and just be like, are you okay? Like a human being perspective. As a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- because as, as a black man, it can be very difficult to communicate something, you know, and, and I say this, there's not another group of people that's marginalized more outside of black men than the black woman. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just, it just is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So it can be really challenging. This is, this is to, this is to my sisters. I love y'all. Mm-hmm. Melanated, yes. Melanated goodiness. Uh, but when your black men are dealing with this stuff, like it's not, it's, it, you are the only other person that can kind of understand mm-hmm. that I can come to you and say outside of another black guy, which, you know, guy to guy, it's challenging because again, you have to, as the other man, you have to be socially aware or personally aware to understand like, hey, this is not the masculine time. Mm-hmm. This is like the vulnerability time. So oftentimes I would say as a man, I'm more comfortable talking to a a woman or a gay man mm-hmm. about something like this because typically uh, they're more self-aware of what it means to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say making those safe spaces, if a, if a man comes to you and a black man comes to you and says, I'm having this happen and being that space where they can just like, you know, if I get a breakdown, let me break down and it'd be a thing where it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not always asking, honestly, I'm not always asking for a solution. Um, maybe I just need to, to say it's okay to not be okay. And yeah. I, and that's the first step to like recognizing the situation that you're in. It's just like, you're broken and it's okay. Yeah. Not, like Caleb, you said earlier, we all have our own stuff. Yeah. It's okay that you have your own stuff. Now we're not trying to fix it. Just what is it? Yeah. Um, and I think once you can start realizing what it is, then you can start breaking it down when to you can say, name it. like, okay, because mm-hmm. it, it's funny. It's funny as we, even as we're talking about it, I didn't realize I was being abused until um, 2014. Mm-hmm. So that was years after. Years, years after. It, it might even. <laughs> I didn't realize I was in an abusive marriage until two years after my divorce. I didn't realize I had gone through domestic violence as a child until 2018. Mm. So it's like. There's levels to it where oh absolutely I'm a I would say I'm a very educated man like mm-hmm. I've gone through this stuff but it took me taking this like um, this assessment mm-hmm. over at uh, Jane Boyd and I can't remember what the assessment is called but it measures these things and I was like oh that happened to me that happened to me that happened to me sounds like adverse childhood experiences Aces Aces yes yeah. thank you yes I'm learning about this mm-hmm. so I, it's yeah. like fresh in my mind yeah. how I'm fucking <laughs> like, my kids up right, right now I was like what is that assessment called but it took me taking that assessment mm-hmm. and being like hey you were abused as a child mm-hmm. like here it is and it was like news to you yeah it was like oh I guess that is oh, a big shit. deal yeah right? I guess that's when I that's when I learned mm-hmm. that like me being busy wasn't because I needed to be busy. It was a, it was a coping response. mechanism, yeah. right? So it was mm-hmm. like, oh, so maybe Whoa. I need to address these things as an adult, right? right. So it's it's a process, and mm-hmm. and you know, to any guys out there that are that are dealing with stuff, you know, your spouse is smacking you upside the head, you know, your girlfriend smacking you upside the head. That's not okay. Like, just just point blank, it's not okay. Like. You know, a human being hitting another human being is, is never a joke. This doesn't make you less of a man. Right. And it's okay, it's okay to put that, put your boundary down and say, I'm not okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, every time you smack me upside the head, I'm losing brain cells. Like, I, I want those. Those those have value to me. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I, need, I need those. So it's, it's okay <laughs> to put that foot down and, and just be mindful of those, like, micro behaviors mm-hmm. that are, like, precursors to something more, something more substantial. Mm-hmm. And I think I like throwing this back too is like having those gut instincts and trusting them sometimes too is important. Like if you feel uncomfortable, like maybe not necessarily like anything has happened yet, but like that gut instinct sometimes is it's a natural human response it's to things that are exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's important. I agree. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. This has been deep and insightful. It has been. And I loved it. I've learned a <laughs> lot about Maurice today. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. It's much other, different the other side. perspective. 
Now like let's it. let's get back to marketing. Teresa's <laughs> <laughs> regularly scheduled programming now. Well, I thank you that. so much for being here with us. Yeah. This had, was awesome. I had uh, I won't say I had fun. I had a great time. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's better it was, than yeah, fun. It was an enlightening time for sure. It definitely was enlightening. Yeah. It was. And it'd be really great if we could like link something to like domestic violence mm-hmm. or help or something at the sure. bottom of our show notes. I was actually going to mention that right here that um, awesome. we will definitely in the description of this episode include some uh, links and resources and phone numbers um, for domestic abuse resources uh, if you feel in any way that you need those. That's great. That's great. Thank you, Logan. Yes, thank you, Logan. Well, anyways, as always, thank you for joining us today on Othered. We appreciate you so much. Don't forget to go on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, like us. Love us. Love us. Yes. As much as we love you, because it's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) And also go to LASpodcastnetwork.com for only $10 a month. You get access to our bonus episodes, merch, all, every time <laughs> tickets to LAS live events every all time. those things thank yeah. you Caleb you and know me. that you are uh, supporting local creators yes um, we love locals we do and it's not just us it's there's photographers there's graphic designers who are part of this whole program so you're supporting a lot of different people by the subscription mm-hmm. so go do that that was beautifully said thank you thank you you're the wind beneath my wings <laughs> in okay, my Bette, Bette Midler, Midler voice <laughs> thank you guys all for being here thanks again Maurice thank until you, next Maurice. time y'all yeah peace peace LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com.